Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Thank you guys for, for listening. It's been amazing since we started this all the way back in December. It's kind of scary. This is episode 38, and the guests that I've had on, the amount, the responses that I've got from people who I've never met and may, ne- may never meet, the amount of messages I'm getting is, is incredible. So thank you for that. Please do continue to post it up on your stories, leave a review on iTunes, the more people that know about it, the more people it's going to help. And that's the reason why I started the podcast. So this week, I have got Dean McAloon on. So Dean is the owner of Reach Your Potential Coaching. Dean is an MNU certified nutritionist. Uh, he specializes in female fat loss and wedding preparation. He has a new no BS approach to nutrition and it's evidence-based. He promotes flexible dieting, which I think that's why I kind of resonate with Dean uh, quite a lot, that he's got the same approach to nutrition as I have. Uh, and Dean and I have kind of become quite friendly over, we've never met, but we've kind of become quite friendly over Instagram. So Dean, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Shane. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into the podcast. So should be good. I'm looking forward to it. So Dean's, that's a, a little bit of background. So Dean's all the way over in Canada. So Dean is uh, was a PT for a little bit. Um, and now he is, or for, for a good bit, should I say, for like two years. Uh, but now he's working fully online. So Dean, tell us your story and how you kind of got into the whole nutrition background and the, the personal training background yourself. Cool. Yeah, so um, my journey, my fitness journey in quotation marks, started around three years ago, around this time three years ago. Uh, one of my friends was opening a gym in Monaghan and you know I was obviously into fitness I was into like a bit of bodybuilding and stuff like that um, since around 2014 2015 uh, and um, I was at that time I was actually in Belfast studying um, computing, computing and systems development would you believe um, and he said to me look if you want to do this PT course in Dublin uh, I'll have a job for you in in um, September, whenever you finish it, I was like, "Yeah, love to do that." Absolutely um, interested in getting involved in that type of career because um, I wasn't that happy with uh, the the course that I was doing at that time. So I've done the course, started in September, worked in that gym for around eighteen months to two years, um, and loved the job. Um, but unfortunately, I got like a, I got a bulging disc in my back. And I had to get surgery for that um, in June last year. Um, in the meantime, I had been doing uh, the MNU course, um, studying the studying nutrition for going on to be a nutritionist. And since I basically couldn't do my PT job, I needed a source of income. So I had basically started Reach Potential Coaching at the start of the year. And I essentially moved into more of an online-based approach um, I've done that in combination with my studies um, for MNU, um, and that's kind of what I've been doing since over the last year or so. I've been doing Reach Potential Coaching, which is a fully online service um, for nutrition and exercise coaching, and that's kind of um, what has led me to this point. <laughs> Brilliant. And how you find the transition from the face-to-face PT to kind of full online coach? Yeah, so I do miss the face-to-face, absolutely. Like, um, you know, there's, there's nothing like meeting people, sitting down with them and having a good face-to-face chat. Uh, but at the same time, the fact that I can reach anyone around the world, you know, someone can message me and they're from bloody Saudi Arabia or 
you know, the Philippines or, you know, literally anywhere in the world I can, like, coach someone. Um, the, the flexibility of that and the freedom of that is pretty cool. But uh, I think down the line I'll definitely move into a mixture of the two because I do miss the in-person as well. Um, but obviously there's, like anything in life, there's there's pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, big time. Like we, had, we were having a big chat off, off air as well about the whole whole thing of how he's kind of how he's kind of find the move over in Canada and all that kind of stuff so it's very interesting to hear someone that's kind of living at the minute which a lot of kind of PTs kind of trying to do at the minute is to kind of go full online so fair play to, to Dean for making it work um so you're you're fully MNU qualified when did you when did you finish up your exams or when did you become qualified so I became qualified in November last year that was when well, I suppose, yeah, I think that was the, the uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're the Yeah, you're the year ahead of me. So, yeah, you're the September intake ahead of me. Yeah. 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 So, that, I would have done my exams September 18, and then I would have been gifted the piece of paper in, uh, in November. So, that's kind of um, how long I've been qualified in nutrition. But I've had a massive interest in nutrition. That was kind of like when I started PT, nutrition was the area that I was particularly interested in. I, I still love the exercise coaching, um, but the nutrition, like if, if you put a gun to my head and said you had to pick one, I'd probably pick the nutrition coaching end of things, definitely. Yeah, I think the nutrition is kind of like one of those things that like so many people think that or say that it's like nutrition is like what, 70 or 90% of what, of training and fit. What would you kind of put the percentage down to? Um, I'm going to be awkward and say it depends <laughs> you know, like I such think, a uh, PT answer some people <laughs> I say that I say those two words quite a lot it depends to my clients and to people that ask me questions but you know because you'll have people that will you know their diet just needs a little bit of a tighten up but they would massively benefit from some sort of exercise program that moves them towards their goals equally there are going to be some people that have no bother exercising, but their diet is shite and they need to tighten things up massively there. So it depends on the person, but I do understand why people say that 70% of it is nutrition. Um, because, you know, if you were to say, if you were to bring some sort of healthy nutrition intervention into the vast majority of the population, I do think that that would have massive positive outcomes. Um, on things like obesity and uh, diabetes and cardiovascular disease more so than exercise. Um, although you know uh, you want to you want to be getting the whole picture in, not just one or the other. That's kind of that's where I would stand. You know. Yeah, yeah. big time. Uh, you are a you've released something recently. You've I think you've got either an ebook or a download or something like that for people that want to see progress at home without the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For those. I get that a lot, that people may not feel comfortable enough, particularly with kind of females and moms and stuff like that, that may not feel enough comfortable enough, comfortable enough, or the time aspect kind of comes into it. Yeah. What's your advice for people that, that can't get to the gym, uh, and can you really see progress without kind of really going to the gym and kind of training at home? Absolutely. So one of the things that I am a big proponent of is not being romantic with exercise so not saying you have to go to the gym or you have to do this type of exercise so i think you know there's three big thing three big considerations 
whenever I'm speaking to a client for the first time, there's three big considerations that I will always make. What, what type of exercise is going to move them towards their goal? So whether it's better body composition, better health, better performance, what is realistic and what is enjoyable? So those are three of the most important things that you need to consider when you're thinking about doing some sort of exercise program. So obviously your exercise needs to move you towards your goal, but it has to be realistic. So for some people, the gym is not realistic because they're either not confident enough to go to the gym, they don't have the ability to travel, or the travel time takes too long. Um, and then obviously the third thing is enjoyment, because if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to stick to it for too long. So the great thing about home workouts I'm not even necessarily working out from home, but even working out, you know, doing a workout in your local community center, a park, um, a running track, football field, whatever it is. The great thing about that is it totally removes the barrier of, you know, when, say, for example, someone that goes to the gym, they need to get up off the couch, they need to change into their gym gear, they need to go to the gym, they need to do that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of a time, there's a big time investment in terms of like, going to the gym and getting back from the gym and while I obviously I'm a big proponent of the gym the gym is still has a special place in my heart always will I think for certain types of people a home workout plan is either going to be the the key to their success or it's going to augment their results um, and help them move closer to their goals so like I'll give you a bit of an example one of my recent clients um, one of my recent transformations she was a lady that had been going to the gym consistently for a year, about two or three times, um, and she had got good results, but she had hit a wall. So she had hit a fat loss wall. She wasn't really sure where she needed to go. Um, and we did tighten up her diet. We tightened up her sleep hygiene, her digestive health, all the different lifestyle protocols that I look at. But I think one of the massive things for her was I implemented a, a, a three-day home workout program that only took 30 minutes. Into her, all, into her existing regime of going to the gym. And that got the ball rolling again and that allowed her to move closer to her body composition goals. So that's an example of you know how you can make massive progress um, by even implementing a home workout into your existing exercise regime. So That's great because I know a lot of people, particularly now, is that they potentially don't have enough time or they a lot of people are working longer than nine to five. And I think, yeah, I, think I think it's refreshing to see that you can definitely do it, um, and the fact that you've got experience to, with doing that as well, which is awesome to see. Um, there's a lot of from doing M and U. There's so much information out there. There's and it's very hard for someone who's potentially not in the industry, or even in the industry, to dissect the amount of information that's out there. Is there anyone that you would kind of recommend to follow for kind of nutritional information out there? Uh, because it's so easy to get lost. Like who is who is the who's your go to person people for kind of for the information? Yeah, so there's a lot of people, um, and I think rather than like I'll make a couple of recommendations, but I think before I do that, mm. I think it's good to have an idea of how to identify someone that knows what they're talking about or someone that is you know not going to try and sell you some sort of bullshit basically so generally whenever i come across someone's instagram or social media in general if they are a big proponent of a very specific approach and there's no wiggle room at all there then that's a red flag for me so you'll have the low carb crew you'll have the keto crew you'll have the intermittent fasting crew um 
and you'll have all these people who I suppose identify as this is my diet and this is the diet that should work for everyone and this is the best diet okay um, and that's a big red flag because there is no one best approach for everyone there may be a best approach for you specifically and there likely is um, but that you can't put a blanket statement out and say that intermittent fasting works for everybody it's a miracle it stops aging and all this here sort of stuff so generally if you are on someone's instagram and they're either a massive proponent of keto low carb intermittent fasting uh, maybe even a specific supplement um, or a specific club like slimming world and there's no wiggle room there's no um they're not I suppose it does look balanced in terms of they're, they're sticking to this one approach the whole time, then that's a massive red flag. Um, and that's kind of what I, what I always say. What I, what I always look for in good pages is people that take a generalized approach um, and follow, a specific, you know, follow the general principles of nutrition, such as energy balance, so like your calories in, your calories out, your dietary quality, um, and then other little things that are maybe, maybe that a lot of people don't think about, such as your digestive health, um, your sleep hygiene um, and different things like that so that's whenever I see someone that you know if I go on their social media and they have a more balanced approach to nutrition and lifestyle factors in that way then that's a good sign that, that they're doing some good work um, they're not sort of I suppose dogmatic about a, about a lot of things you know they're not saying oh keto is the keto is the key or whatever it is you know so and is there any if you if you could name maybe three names in the industry who you go to or who you would recommend to for an OBS or an evidence approach? Who who would be your yeah. three? So like a lot of your guests, <laughs> you know, like a lot of your guests. Like uh, I was looking through the list of people that you've had on, and there isn't there isn't anyone on that list that I wouldn't recommend. Um, anyone, any of those nutritionists. Um, but I suppose. Big ones, top three. I'll give you four. I'll give you four. Uh, Martin McDonald, obviously MNU. Um, Richie Kerwin, so at Be More Nutrition. Um, he's a good friend of mine, absolutely spectacular nutritionist. He's currently doing his PhD. Uh, Rebecca Nolan, um, Tita Triceps, um, really knows her stuff. And then Brian O'Hengisa as well, who's the head coach of the, the Fit Clinic. So there's four people just off the top of my head. Um, anyone else Alan Flanagan is another good one um, although Alan goes very in depth so like he would be the type of person that a nutritionist or someone working in the field would would um, go to I think I think that you know for the lay person his stories and his information are very they're heavy like you know and I think you can get a lot you, if you are just a, if you're just someone that wants to know a little bit more about nutrition for your own lifestyle for your own benefit then someone more to the effect more toward, more towards someone like Rebecca or uh, Richie or something someone someone like that that's a little bit more practical rather than like going deep into like the research of nutrition science so yeah. so those would be five people off the top of my head that I would recommend I think I've <laughs> had take that balanced approach to their nutrition advice yeah. as well that I was talking about yeah I think I've had three out of the five or yeah no two I've had Teaser triceps on Brian on. Uh, I'd love to get Martin on. Martin is kind of one of the 
the big ones I want to get on and he announced something today that saying he'd potentially do podcasts again because I think he took a break from them but I know he's mental with the kind of his, his, they're, they're expanding like crazy which is great yeah um, so I know you were talking about a lot of kind of sleep hygiene and one of the things that can kind of hinder sleep hygiene is caffeine and it seems to be I've spoken about kind of the caffeine a few times on solo episodes and with a few of the, the guests on how caffeine can impact your sleep and how can it impact your energy uh, like like can you kind of go into a little bit more detail how how it can do that and then have you got kind of any books or anything that you kind of go to for that information yourself yeah so caffeine is great okay um, I made, I made a <laughs> I made a mini book there about a week or two ago uh, probably about two weeks ago a mini book is just basically a, a longer form Instagram style post where you can swipe um, and it's like five or six images or whatever and I think caffeine is great um, it's out of all the things out of all the supplemental things that you can take it's one of the things that, that is truly effective um, but obviously like everything it has um, it's pros and cons it has a cost to benefit ratio um, that goes along with it so with regards to sleep caffeine is a massive one in terms of having negative effects on people's sleep because essentially what caffeine does is it binds to adenosine receptors in the brain and adenosine is one of the molecules that is associated with basically making you feel tired um, and helping you fall asleep as you move towards nighttime. So if there's a lot of caffeine in your system, it's going to be difficult for you to get that sleepy feeling um, and obviously fall asleep. So if you are consuming either a lot of caffeine in the day or so if you're consuming a lot of caffeine in the day, what's going to happen is caffeine stays in your system for quite a while. And if you're consuming a lot of caffeine throughout the day and it stays in your system, then as we move closer to bedtime, then that's going to have an effect on your ability to fall asleep um, through what I was talking about there a minute ago. So my recommendation, if you are someone that drinks coffee, tea, um, energy drinks, that type of thing, I always recommend that once you get to the afternoon, and definitely once you get to like two or three o'clock in the day, that you massively limit your caffeine. And you know, when when you get to three o'clock, absolutely cut it out, especially if you're particularly sensitive. Now, some people like I'm quite sensitive to caffeine. I have. One of my friends can drink a can of Monster at nine o'clock and he says that he can fall asleep um, after that. Um, so some people are like, you know, some people are weird like that. But I think that, you know, caffeine is very useful because, you know, it obviously has a lot of performance benefits. It makes you feel more alert, more focused, etc., etc. But from a sleep hygiene perspective and from the perspective of trying to get as good quality of sleep as you possibly can, you do want to be limiting your caffeine um, and you do want to be kind of aware of how much caffeine that you're having uh, as well um, in that sense. Yeah, big time. I think I think people underestimate potentially the impact that caffeine has. Like it also has an impact on your training. I would probably recommend, the evidence would say, kind of 60 minutes before 
Um, and you, you alluded to kind of the, the energy drinks. And it's probably one of the most common questions that I get in through the Q&As on the Wednesdays on Instagram is the impact of or are those energy drinks, the monster energy drinks, are they are they good for you or are they bad for you or what's what's kind of the evidence saying? So with a lot of these things, again, like they're neither good nor bad. It's just within a specific context, they may be helpful or they may be unhelpful. Um, so again, like if you say, for example, I have a client at the moment, um, um, at, at the, he needs to lose quite a bit of weight. Um, because he's going for surgery, um, gastric band surgery, and he struggles a lot with his appetite. So for him, implementing a sugar-free energy drink now and again into his routine is very helpful because it suppresses his appetite. Um, and also he gets that little bit of a sweetness from the energy drink as well. So that's an example of when one of those energy drinks might be very helpful in that specific context. Equally, you could have someone that is average Joe that is drinking a can of full sugar monster every day at 7 p.m. with their dinner, for example. And that's un that's very unhelpful for that person in two ways. Not only is it contributing negatively to their calorie intake because they're drinking 200 or whatever calories in a can of monster, but it's also potentially having negative effects on their ability to fall asleep at night. So again, the, as I said, the words, it depends. I use those a lot because it's within a specific context. A lot of these things um, are, that have to be taken. And that's why, again, shooting back to your question from earlier about who do I follow and who do I think is good, if they have this type of approach where, you know, it depends or they're more, they advise things within specific contexts rather than saying that something is, you know, that's definitely 100% bad um, or that's definitely 100% always good, then, you know, having this more balanced approach is a lot more helpful. Um, so that's kind of um, where I would be going with that one. That's, uh, that's interesting that you've got a, a, a person preparing for a kind of gastric band surgery. I haven't heard of anyone either face-to-face -face or any of the PTs that I work face-to-face -face or another online coach yeah. working with that. How did you kind of feel about taking that on yourself? I know it's covered in M&U a little bit. How did you yeah. how did you find it yourself kind of getting a little bit out of your comfort zone on that, on that regard? Yeah, so, you know, obviously with, it's a different type of client, it's a different type of population. Um, so the playing field is, is very, very different. Um, and obviously, you know, I wanted to consult with a few of my peers on the matter as well, like, uh, because it was obviously my first time dealing with one of these types of clients. Um, as I say, the principles still say the same. You, you need to lose, if you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat. So these people, you know, this population still needs to follow the same principles as everybody else. Um, but it's, the differences really come into play when we're talking about the, the psychology and the behavior. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted some advice from my peers. Um, and that's why I sort of like reached out to a couple of them to just see, bounce a few ideas off them, get advice um, from them as well. Uh, because as I say, it's a different, it's a different client. Um, and although they need to follow the same principles,
suppose there's a lot of things. The protocols are very, very different um, in terms of their behaviour and how they react to, to certain things because, as I say, you know, there's a lot of people in, in this situation in the world, um, which is a real pity because it's, it's a shitty situation to be in. Um, and as I say, like, you know, the playing field is, is very, very different. So um, if you are in, in, in this type of position yourself and you're listening to this, um, I think the first thing to do is reach out and, and, and get help um, potentially from a couple of different practitioners, you know, from not just your personal trainer, but like, you know, a dietitian potentially. And, you know, try and get a few different opinions because, you know, it may seem like, for example, if you're in this position, it may seem like you've a lot of work ahead of you, but you know you have to take each day as it comes um, and not get too bogged down by the fact that you have a certain amount of work ahead of you. And I think that having a support system um, in place for a, t- a person that needs to lose a large amount of weight is probably the most important factor. So having a support system um, is extremely important. I, I know me and you were talking about this um literally just half an hour ago whatever but having a sports system um for what we're doing but like for this type of client for this type of population if you are embarking on this on a journey to improve your health and you know say you need to lose a lot of weight for gastric band surgery the the support system is key it's just like i really cannot stress how important a support system is um, if you are in that type of position so that, I think that is key and I think that's why I never saw the, the podcast as a way for me to brush up my knowledge. I always had it in tendency of or the whole reason for doing it was to help the general population to kind of get rid of the, the, the bullshit that's out there. But from have, for, I've been really, really lucky for having the likes of yourself and Danny Lennon and Brian on and, and Teach Tricep Brian Keane. And I've had very lucky, and I'm like, it's really interesting yeah. to hear how you go about it compared to someone else, and then it's just kind of picking little little bits and bobs, a little information that you kind of relate to your client. Uh, so I, I really appreciate the kind of the feedback on that. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And then one of the biggest things at the minute, I think it's probably one of the biggest issues that you kind of potentially face as a a PT or a nutritionist is that a lot more people are quite sedentary you are sitting at an office for potentially eight to ten hours a day you are not moving a lot and a lot of people are just not moving at all have you kind of got any protocols or any tips for people who are looking to lose weight in an office environment you recently did an ebook or something you recently didn't you i think uh, yeah. what, 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 were yeah. the kind of, what were the kind of main takeaway points for someone if they were looking to download that which they can go through I'm going to link uh, Dean all Dean's information in the bio so they can download that all from Dean's links yeah yeah so uh, I released an ebook um, it's called The Office Workers Solution to, to Weight Loss and it's just a short ebook um, directed at people that work in an office environment because that is a very common job um, where you're you're sitting down an awful lot. Um, you can download that if you go on my Instagram. You can click the the link in my bio, or you can go on my website ryp-coaching.com. Um, and you can download it there for free. But I think the big, the two biggest considerations if you are struggling to manage your weight and you're in an office environment is I think the two biggest factors is that you need to address 
is your lack of movement, so the sedentary nature of your job, and also the the, the food environment that you are in. So often you will uh, there's a big culture of coffee and cake <laughs> in in a lot of these offices. Um, so like you know donuts are pretty big in Ireland at the, at the minute as well. Like so people will come in and they'll sort of have cakes and donuts and pastries and biscuits and stuff like that. And even in the like a lot of the office canteens and stuff like that there's just loads of processed high calorie sweets and treats um in those environments so the 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 two the two main things that you need to address is how can you remove yourself from those types of food environments to the point where you're not tempted to over consume on these types of foods and then also how can you implement some sort of activity into your day to alleviate the fact that you're leading this sedentary job um, and that's kind of what the the, the, the main two things um, in the ebook that, that, that I discuss is sort of addressing the food environment that you're in so trying to avoid these these high calorie foods removing yourself from them and having obviously alternative options um, for whenever you are obviously or whenever you're getting hungry and whenever you have cravings um, during the day and then obviously trying to identify times when you can increase your activity either before work during work or after work where you can sort of get more steps in your in throughout your day um, and implement some more exercise because at the end of the day weight loss is all about energy coming in versus energy coming out so if you can manipulate the energy coming in or like basically like avoid consuming too much energy through cakes and pastries and then the other side of the coin is if you can manipulate energy coming out, so increasing your output, then you're going to have an easier time managing your weight um, and losing fat or preventing fat gain over the years. So, I love that. No, that's brilliant because that that is that is most people's problems that they that when they come to you, when they come to you for, as from from a client perspective, is that a lot of them just need to potentially move a little bit more, and I encourage even like especially the weather that it is here like it's you're over in canada but it's it's kind of decent enough weather it's it's sunny out at the minute like this would be a perfect yeah. evening to go walk down to leary pier um try and stay away from the teddy's ice cream um but it's it's a it's a good way to kind of get out and then particularly at the weekends like the long weekend was just here and like the amount of my clients that went for like hikes and stuff and I love the way Larry Doyle, who's previously been on the podcast as well, he has his group, which I know Brian went on the trek. He had a, a walk to, from, I think it was Lockdown to one of the other places. And he has a community, uh, and that's a good way. Get your friends involved, get your mates involved, get your family involved, get your dog involved, whatever it may be, get the kids active. Uh, so it's all about, as you said, the energy balance equation, which is what a lot of people struggle to get their heads around. But it's it's uh, it's just, that's just the fact. Um one, I'd say a question you got a lot, uh, Dean, uh, or you still get a lot, is how do you kind of spot reduce belly fat or get rid of like the bingo wings uh, because we're dealing with a lot of females and that's how they phrase it. That's not me being sexist. That's how it's phrased to us. Can you kind of go into a little bit more how, whether you can or cannot spot, spot, spot reduce belly fat or arms or bingo wings? So, yeah, like, I think, I suppose I'll preface with this with the fact that you can't specifically reduce body fat um, in areas of your body, 
without the use of uh, surgery or drugs, essentially. So I'm assuming that most people listening to this podcast will not be going down the route of surgery or drug use um, to do that. So what you have to understand is there are certain things that are in our control and certain things that are out out of our control. So things that are in our control are obviously our diet, so managing our calories, uh, our exercise, our sleep, um, all these different things that, that, that we've talked about before, Shane. Um, but things that are out of your control are your genetics. So your bone structure, your muscle belly structure and how your muscles are inserted um, into your muscle insertions and your origins, sorry, um, and then your fat distribution. These are all things that are totally out of your control because you inherited these things from your mom and dad. So there's no point getting annoyed about things that are out of your control. You need to focus on the stuff that's in your control. So obviously managing your calories, as I, as I mentioned, um, and exercising and all the rest of the lifestyle factors. So in terms of if you, say, for example, have a lot of fat storage in around your arms, like a lot of ladies will have those bingo wings. A lot of lads will deal with like love handles and like uh, beer bellies and stuff like that because that's generally where um, lads tend to, store more body fat is in around that area and then ladies tend to store more fat around the arms and the thighs and stuff like that um, so that's a fact that's just fact you just have to deal with that that's out of your control so what you can do obviously is if your goal is to improve your body composition you just need to do the same thing that everybody else does like i think it's 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 you know you nearly think that you're i nearly some sometimes i think i sound like an old broken record talking about the calorie deficit and energy balance and all the things like that but we all have to follow the same principles as i was saying my client that needs to lose a lot of weight for his surgery versus mickey who needs to diet down for a bodybuilding show versus susan who is going to slimming world we all need to follow the same principles to lose body fat and when it comes to the reduction of specific areas of um, fat around your body you just need to be in a consistent calorie deficit um, and over time you're you will lose body fat in those areas yes they may be stubborn because you know that's just you're genetically predisposed to store body fat in those areas and you're less likely to to lose body fat in specific areas as quickly as you would like but that's just the thing that's just life that's just the way it is and those are things that are out of your control so you just need to do focus on the things that are in your control so that's kind of that's my um, that's my usual answer to, to that question <laughs> I love that the fact that you've said you focus on what you've control of I, I love that um, and then you like a lot of people can think that kind of getting fit or so called eating healthy can kind of be an expensive process and it's probably yeah. one of those things that you potentially have gotten either from online and face to face kind of how how would you kind of try to change someone's mind about that it's potentially not expensive um when, when someone has when, it's, when someone does come to you yeah so um like obviously the biggest consideration is your weekly shop um, and then any money that you're that you're going to have to shell out for gym memberships and stuff like that um so like i think when it comes to your grocery shopping you know focusing on stuff that is on offer being open-minded and you know trying to have a variety of foods open to you um is massive so you know like i went to 
I went into the shop yesterday, or I went, in, I went to do my shopping yesterday, and salmon is fucking so expensive here. Like it's, <laughs> it's expensive everywhere. But, like, I mean, like, I went down to get a piece of salmon yesterday, and I could not believe the price tag. Like, it was a small piece of salmon that was, like, $22. What? And I was like, there's no way. Yeah, like, I was like, I'm not paying that. So the alternative to that, because obviously we wanted to get the healthy fats from the salmon or from fish um, and the protein, obviously, I just went and I got a tin of mackerel instead because I'm stingy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so that's an example of how you could make a little bit of a switch. Um, you know, again, go to the butcher. and So say for your protein sources, go to the butcher and haggle them a bit. You know, they're there to be haggled. Don't... Uh, don't uh, you know the the price tag that's on uh, that's in the butcher's shop. Um, it's negotiable, uh, especially if you're buying your meat in bulk and you're buying the meat that might be on offer that week. That's a thing that can help reduce your grocery shop. Um, don't buy organic. Um, organic has no um, has no sufficient research to suggest that it's any healthier for us, but it is an awful lot more expensive. So avoid the organic foods. Um, choose even frozen fruit and veg like frozen berries are so much cheaper than, than fresh berries if you're into your smoothies and stuff like that um, other protein sources that are good are like beans and lentils so like implementing more pulses into your diet is another way of getting protein and fiber into your diet without a massive cost um, and then as I said you know choosing the stuff that is on offer um, at whatever type, whatever week that you go into the shop. Um, and, you know, having that variety in your diet is absolutely massive too. Um, and that's kind of why, like, having a basic cooking skill and having, say, a few, maybe 15 to 20 recipes that you can do in rotation um, is absolutely massive because it opens, you're, you're not sort of stuck to choosing chicken all the time. You have more options in terms of how you can cook. Um, and then, obviously, based on that, you can make better choices and cheaper choices uh, when you go into your grocery shop. So that's kind of from a nutrition perspective um, or from a food perspective where you can make some some progress. Um, then from like uh, an exercise perspective, again, you know, home workouts, as I say, you know, like you can go into Argos and you can get a kettlebell and two resistance bands for, for nothing, basically. Um, you could, you know, you can, I'll, I'll be releasing my home workout handbook this week. You can go and, and, and grab that and you can do the workout there. So that's a free workout for you. You know, I'm sure there's, there's running clubs and stuff like that all over the place um, that are very cost effective. Um, you know, there's, there's even just like doing activities outside that don't necessarily require you to um, exchange money to do a little bit of exercise. Even going on YouTube and just looking up body weight workout that you can do in the house. Like, these are all ways of getting exercise in that don't necessarily require um, you to be giving money away. Um, and I suppose one more thing before like, um, I move on is like, I suppose a lot of people might think that I'm against the gym, <laughs> and from what I'm saying. You know, um, but I, again, it, it, it depends on, on, on the, the context. So if you want to build a load of muscle or if you want to build a load of strength, then the gym is going to be very, very good for you and it's going to be a lot more helpful for you than home workouts. But if you're a mum that doesn't have a lot of time or money to be investing in a gym membership or going to the gym, then a home workout can be amazing for you and it can get exactly it can get you the exact results that you want without a massive investment in time and money so again it depends 
context specific. Um, but yeah, kind of back to your question, those are kind of the two main ways that I would look into um, improving your health without shelling out a load of money as well um, for things. I think the like I that's how I started with all getting the kettlebells and getting the the stuff from Argos. I think from my like my fifteenth or sixteenth birthday, I was given a bench. I thought that was like a bit of a bit of a hint. Get active, Shane. Uh, I chose to <laughs> chose to ignore it. Um, it's still it's still it's still used as a good uh, clothes rack in the spare room. But uh, <laughs> I used the ke- I used the kettlebells when when the weather's nice outside. I do like little kettlebell hit hit workouts and stuff. And I did Joe Wicks plan uh, for my sins. Uh, but like Joe, I have a lot. Like I know Joe gets a lot of kind of bad press um, for yeah. his ideology but he got me active so i have a lot of a lot to be thankful for him um and i think i messaged him one day and he came back to me via voice note so for a man that's that busy and didn't need to do that but he did it it, it meant a lot at the time so i'll always be i i kind of i kind of have to stick up for joe a little bit i know he gets bad press but um still thing so i got a couple of more questions that we're going to kind of talk about uh, reach your potential um wh- when when someone's look, kind of looking to hire a coach or a pt um yeah. one thing is potentially some pts may struggle with or coaches struggle with is what do, do they necessarily need to have abs or do they need to be the biggest bodybuilder in the gym or do they need to be the girl with the quads and the glutes like what would what would a coach with abs make you trust them a little bit more or what would you say to look out for in a coach um so often you'll find the opposite is true so you will find that a lot of these lads and lassies that have amazing physiques um you know again taking it back to the whole genetic um component that we were talking about earlier these people are lucky to have good genetics um and obviously health and fitness is massive in their life um so they are able to have these amazing physiques while not necessarily having a lot of information and definitely not necessarily being good coaches so i think you know while obviously you want to practice what you preach if you're looking for a coach don't base how good they are off their physique because, you know, as I say, oftentimes a lot of these lads and lassies with great physiques are terrible coaches because, you know, they just blanket statement you with, you know, whatever works for me, that will work for you. And that's, you know, ridiculous because we're all so different and we all um, have unique lifestyles and uh, personalities and routines. Um, and it's important to have uh, an approach that works for you. But in terms of finding, if you're looking for a coach, what to look out for. Um, do your research that's the first thing I think that you as the buyer or you as the I suppose consumer have a responsibility to make intelligent choices when you're buying anything not necessarily just a a coaching service anything it is your responsibility if you are exchanging your money for something you need to go and do the research to make sure that the thing you're buying is worth it or you're not getting scammed or whatever Um, so when you're looking for a coach do a good deep dive research into someone don't just sort of take what you see at face value as them being good so you know 
look at their results. What what type of results are they getting? What are other people saying about them? Like, you know, for example, if you want to go into my Instagram, any, like say for example, if, if I was to do, if I was to like look at my own Instagram, one of the things that I would do is I would go into my Instagram and I would look at the transformations that I put up. And any of my clients that I have tagged um, in those transformations, I would go into their profile and I would DM them and say, hey, what do you think about Dean? What was your experience with Dean? Um, give me the unbiased uh, review of him, basically. So that's one of the things that I would recommend you do. Um, try and do that for a couple of different people and get an idea of what this person is like. Again, looking at their other content, are they dogmatic in, are they saying like keto is the best thing ever? Or are they taking this more balanced approach to their advice that they're giving? That is another massive consideration as well. Um, but do your research. Like you have to be looking into, you know, especially if you're going to be exchanging, um, you know, potentially a, a good chunk of money for this service. Then you need to do your research and you need to make sure that um, the person that you're going to be working with not only knows what they're talking about, but also is going to care about you and is going to, you know, have you as their priority. And unfortunately, a lot of these coaches with massive asses and massive uh, massive chests don't necessarily have their clients' well-being um, at the top of their priority list, whereas money is, <laughs> you know, yeah. so that's kind of a big consideration that you need to make. I'm definitely robbing the tagging my clients' transformations and putting that into my transformations up on my Instagram. I'm fully robbing that. Uh, <laughs> and then that, that leads into the last question uh, regarding the progress photo and the power of the progress photo. So many people get bogged down with the scales. I personally haven't had an issue with it. I probably had it the other way where I've struggled to put on weight. Um for people who are looking to to lose weight, uh, particularly females, can get a little bit transfixed on the scales. They have a love-hate relationship. Oh, they get pissed off with it. I've had Amelia on. I've had Vicky on who have spoken about their relationships with it. Like if it, if, if you, if it annoys you or it affects your mood, stay off the fucking thing and don't let that thing. Like you don't look at someone walking in. Like I don't look at Dean and say, oh, he's about X amount of kilos. That's not where you look for it. Like you shouldn't judge someone anyway, but when you're looking at someone, it's kind of like Dean, look, Dean looks athletic or something like that. That's generally what it should be. Oh, he looks fit and healthy. Something like that. Uh, so that leads into the progress photo of how much, how much of an impact that actually has on someone and how important it is. Can you kind of, go into more details on the actual progress photo and how much how much it actually changes people's mindsets when it's done right and kind of done from the beginning yeah so um the progress photo is one of those things that some people will be adverse to doing because especially if you're at the start of your journey and you're already unhappy with how you look you're going to make yourself very uncomfortable potentially by taking these progress photos you know where you might be topless if you're a lad or in a sports brand leggings or whatever if you're if you're a girl but you will be glad that you have taken these progress photos um, at the start of your journey um as you move through the process for two reasons one you're obviously going to feel great when you can look back and see how far you've come but two it gives you a better representation and it gives you a better picture um, of how you are progressing as the weeks go on. So my clients take progress photos every three weeks. So every third week they take progress photos. And I make sure to, you know, 
what's another important consideration is you need to standardize them so same camera same clothes same background same lighting um, making sure everything is as standardized as you possibly can and um, same time of day etc so like that's obviously what's going to give you the best representation and allow you to compare and contrast the two different sets of photos by doing that you can sort of take take something away from that and say okay how am i doing from a visual perspective because as you said yourself shane the weight the scale weight um can be great for some people and it can be absolutely shite for other people because either the scale is not reflecting their progress the progress that they're making or the fluctuations that the the scale weight has may upset you or you may have some psychological issues with it so that's why the progress photo is so powerful um, but again you shouldn't just use one indicator of progress you should use many different measurements um, and that's why like i always use a combination of scale weight waist measurement above and below the belly button hip circumference progress photos how does your clothes feel um, if you have access to skin fold um, calipers where you can get your body fat millimeters taken that's another great way of measuring your progress and because the thing about it is with things such as water retention due to certain factors the scale can you know it can be a bit deceiving so having all these other measurements of progress is absolutely massive in developing a proper picture of how you are progressing so that's that's absolutely massive and that's why you know even if you you know for i i have a couple of clients who aren't comfortable um sending me the progress photos and i said that's fine but i still want you to take them every third week and it's like you know promise me that you'll take them not for me it's not for it's not for me to put them up on social media or anything at the, at the end of your transformation it's for you to take a look and potentially for your partner to take a look and say okay now we're actually starting to see changes maybe not in the front facing or the side facing photo but in the back facing photo we can see massive changes in your say your upper back or whatever and um, because they say when we were talking about earlier about fat distribution across the body, you may lose a lot of fat around your upper back before you lose any fat in around your belly. Uh, and that's why progress photos are so powerful because once you standardize them um, and once you mix them, once you integrate them in with other indicators of progress, they can be so, so useful um, for giving you a, a good picture of how you are progressing overall. Uh, and that's why I think they're great. So. Yeah, 100% agree with everything you just said. I was nodding along. I was like, "Yeah, tick the box, tick the box, tick the box." Uh, so yeah, no further. Like, I love the way the fact that you've kind of also related to someone that may not necessarily be comfortable with taking the photos, but still take the photos. Because uh, I think, in particular, if you're working with predominantly females, females may feel a little bit uncomfortable sending the photos to a male, uh, and that's 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 their own prerogative. And I never push someone on doing it but I would recommend doing it for themselves and then just keeping the photo and then kind of looking back at Because I've had a client who was kind of like, they took the photo, they then like after say six weeks, oh, I don't see any difference. I'm like, I, like the measurements were going down. Then after 12 weeks, I was like, please send me the photos. I mean, kind of put the two of them side by side. And you put yeah. them side by side and it was like two different people. You wouldn't recognize them at all. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's gas, it's crazy. Uh, but I'd highly recommend doing it. And you don't need the fanciest phone in the world. Just do it in the bathroom, get someone else to take it. Take it from the front side and back. Uh, particularly the back ones, get someone else to take it because you want to see 
all kind of the definition of those of those gains that you're going to get in your back um Absolutely. so dean what's coming up next for you and reach your potential yeah so um i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing to be honest um i just going to try to help as many people as i possibly can um at the moment i am putting a lot more longer form content out on my facebook communities the flexilean system um simply because i find that uh, people uh, people spend a little bit more time watching those types of videos on in a facebook group more so than instagram so that's kind of one of the things that i'm doing there is um you can join that group for free by the way if 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 you click the link in my instagram bio um and that's where i put up more content uh i intend to do more talks and stuff like that around vancouver and try and get the 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 evidence-based message <laughs> out there because i was saying to shane whenever i came out here uh there is a lot of non-evidence-based <laughs> that's not the word you use <laughs> but i can see yeah Where can people? What's your What's your Instagram handle? So my Instagram is at ryp coaching, uh, and then my website is www.ryp-coaching.com, and then my Facebook is just Reach Potential Coaching, um, and that's kind of where you will find me most of the time doing all the different things that I do. So um, yeah, that's kind of those are my social media handles, as they say. Perfect. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to tag uh, Dean's uh, information into the notes that's available up on Spotify and up on iTunes. So if you guys are interested in working with Dean, head over to those, give him a shout, give him, and make sure, guys, if you enjoy this episode, you found it useful at all, please do tag both of us in it. The more people that know about this, the more people it's going to help. And that's ultimately Dean and my, my jobs as practitioners, nutritionists, PTs. It's just to try and get the message out, try and get that 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 evidence based approach out, and just try and get rid of all that bullshit that is out there. So, Dean, thank you so much for for coming on today. Um, I really pre- I really appreciate you. No way, no, I really appreciate that you've kind of given up a good bit, a good chunk of your time and stuff like that. So, thank you so much for coming on. No worries at all, man.